Hey there, we're Chris and Melissa Smith of FamilyBrand.com, husband and wife, parents of five, and we want to help you unleash the power of your family. And we know it can be so challenging raising a family where the return on investment is unmeasured and sometimes it feels like your efforts are completely unnoticed. It takes real courage and commitment and a long-term vision for what you are building. You're building a family. And as entrepreneurs, we always think it's so interesting how your brand at home is the one that you think about the least. But at the end of your life, it will be the brand that matters the most. And look, none of us want to wake up one day feeling like, man, we missed it. Like we missed this opportunity to create something really amazing as a family. So what you can expect from us are actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to become a better parent, a better spouse, and to build a stronger family. The world needs strong families now more than ever, and it starts right here with your family. Welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. This is Tanner Smith, Chris and Melissa's son, and I'm going to give this away to them. Thanks, Tanner. What an introduction. <laughs> we were down here getting ready to record, a, obviously, a podcast, and Tanner was down and wanted a little airtime. We need to get Tanner back on for a uh, solo episode. We've had him and Tate on before. The joys of summer. Everyone's home. Uh, last night, Indy... We got home kind of late. We had been at baseball games. Then Tanner and I were roping, and then Melissa brought the kids over, and they were riding horses. So we had a fun night hanging out, and then we got home kind of late. We're making dinner, and Indy and I were in the kitchen, and she said, uh, Dad, a boy at Tripp's baseball game told me I was weird. And I was like, oh, like how did that, how did that make you feel? And she's like, made me feel sad, hurt my feelings. And it actually ended up, I thought we had a really great conversation. And she's five, by the way. She'll start kindergarten in the fall. And she probably, I would say of all of our kids, like just, she says like, all of our kids have a a big heart, I would say. But Indy just really tender heart. She just has big feelings around everything. When she's happy, when she's sad, when she's mad, when she's having a good time. She just, I feel like she feels a lot, but not that we all don't. But I think she especially, she just like plays all out. She <laughs> lives all out about everything. Yeah. And, and it ended up being a really interesting conversation as a family. But one of the things that Melissa thought to do, because, you know, I think what comes up for me naturally is, you know, she's like, if she was to say, dad, a little boy told me I was weird. And it sounded like he, this little boy, like I guess the backstory, it, w- it wasn't even like playing with her. He, she said, oh, he was probably older than me. Probably like she guessed him to be like eight years old or something and just kind of saw her walking by and was like, you're weird. And then and then she said, and then he laughed a lot. <laughs> and you could tell it hurt her feelings. Yeah, it was so sad. So, so my natural tendency is, well, let's go find where this kid lives and I'm going to beat up his dad. <laughs> <laughs> or my natural tendency is to like, well, tell that kid he's weird and he's dumb or, you know, and, and there were some comments from some of the other kids, you know, basically, but instead I just really tried to ask her questions and listen to her and let her talk about how she felt. But then Melissa, I thought was really wise. And, uh, do you remember the question that you, I tried, I don't, I tried to ask her a lot of different questions, but you acknowledged her for having the courage to tell us that and to talk about, because one of our family values is Smiths can talk about anything uh, without judgment. And I, I kind of missed that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That is kind of, it'd be really easy for a kid to get made fun of or told they're weird and not say anything to anyone because they're embarrassed about it. But Indy was very comfortable, like just telling us and you, know, you really acknowledged her for it. But remember what she said? She was like, yeah, I was 
she said, I was kind of scared to talk about it. I was scared to tell dad about it. And I was like, I don't know. It just, I was so sad. Thank <laughs> you. so cute. But this is something her five-year-old self was kind of, I think she felt like some sort of shame around, like someone thinks I'm weird. And maybe for the first time she had never, never considered that someone might think that she's weird or that she might, you know, not be the, might, I don't know that someone might have an opinion of her. I, I don't know. It's the first time I guess I really saw that she, she cares and gives notice to what other people think. Which then that led to a whole different conversation as a family of what does it even mean to be weird? <laughs> How that's just such an individual like perception or perspective that yeah, I could be doing something that I think is totally normal or or that even I think is weird and I don't care, but someone else might think something totally different. So we even had a conversation around and then we've talked about, is there anything wrong with quote unquote being weird or being different? Or And we talked about the fact that I think Melissa was like, yeah, I'm, I'm weird a lot. And then our, our son Tanner is like, yep, mom is weird. Mom is super weird. <laughs> but not, but I think any could see like, oh, weird doesn't have to mean bad or and we just talked about the power of really being comfortable with who you are and liking who you are. And I thought it was so, it was so cute. Indy was like, you know what? So after we had this long discussion, Indy goes, next time if I see that boy and he tells me I'm weird, I'm going to say, well, oh yeah, well, my family likes me and my family says I'm beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's so awesome. Like it wasn't, there was nothing in her that occurred to her. Well, one of our kids even said, well, next time, tell him that he's weird and tell him that your older brother's going to beat him up. And she goes, no, I would not do that. That would be rude. And that would be bullying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'd like to, it was such an interesting and like overall, I think good conversation. I would like to maybe break it down. Like, because I, I know this is stuff that, uh, that people face. It's like one of the main human experience like part of the human experience is like confronting what other people think of you and more importantly like what do you think of yourself and how do you you know as this is coming up for you or for your kids like how how do you work through it so I think maybe taking last night as an example and just and just talking through that a little bit more because I think at the heart of it it is what do you think about yourself and I think that's a question that I've never met a human, no matter how old they are, that isn't still like to some degree asking them that, asking themselves that same question, like dealing with, I guess I would call them, you know, the lies that we tell ourselves about what, what do we believe to be true about ourselves? When I think you actually shared that line that we'd heard from a good friend of ours, David Bear, he talks a lot about mindset. And one of the things he said to me one time at a conference and I came home and shared it with Melissa and our family, we've talked about it a lot since he said something at that event that if it doesn't feel good, it usually isn't true. And so Melissa asked Andy last night, how did it feel when he told you you were weird? And she said, it, it, it felt bad. It didn't feel good. And then we're like, well, that's because it's not true. So I think that's just a useful, a lot of times I think we think things about ourselves that just aren't one. They're not useful. They, they're not, they don't contribute to anything that I think we actually want, but two, they're just not true. I know like who Byron Katie, the work is a lot of this, like confronting our thoughts and asking, is it true? So I think that's, that is a good, a good place to start. Like any thought that we're confronted with is asking, is this true? And I do think that, well, how does it feel that it can be a good clue or indicator 
to to it. And I think a lot of times we take on things that people say about us or think about us as though it is true when it's just that's just what they think. And I love that quote. I don't know who came up with it originally, but it's it's none of my business what other people think of me. Mm-hmm. It's just a really powering thing to think. Not only do I not care what they think of me, it's none of my business what people think of me. I think it's easier to see that it's none of our business around other things. Oh, it's none of my business what is happening over there with them, or it's none of my business what. But we think that everything that pertains to us is our business. But it's like, no, it's it's none of my business what other people think of me. And yeah, I just think that thought of, is it true and does it feel good? But to your point, Melissa, I think it's a lifelong battle, this idea of, I think we're so worried about what other people think of us. And we're so worried about how other people see us that we spend more time on that than we do how we actually think about us mm-hmm. and how we see us. And it's so much more useful to think about how you think about yourself and how you see yourself than it is to worry about how other people think about you and see you. Totally. And isn't it interesting that I've I've done like some work and um, leadership courses and things, and they say that a lot of the the beliefs that we hold around ourselves were something that we kind of internalized before we were even eight years old. And so I just think about India. I'm like, how interesting that you can have like a and maybe just one experience when you're little that could have you be like, I'm kind of weird. And so it was so important to me last night, like, oh my gosh, we got to talk about this, like talk through it. Like, I don't want her to have any like shame or like secrecy around someone thinking she's weird. Like, I want to work through this right now. I don't want her to like hold that or harbor that longer than, than tonight. Because yeah, I think sometimes we do like I can think back on experiences I had when I was younger that was like one random person saying one random thing, whether good or bad, that like helps shapes who shape you your identity. yourself to be. Yeah. And I don't know if this is useful or if this is the right approach, but I also don't want to pretend like it never happened. Like we only talked about it last night. Yeah. You know, so even today I told Indy again, I said, Hey Andy, remember last night when you came in and told us that what that boy had said to you? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, man, Indy, I know we already told you, but that was so courageous. Like, I hope you always have the courage to come and talk to me and mom, you know? And then outside, me and the boys were roping the dummy and he was out there roping her bike and it somehow came up again, this idea, riding her bike. What did I say? Roping her bike. (laughs) Roping her bike. (laughs) Riding her bike. And it came up about being weird. And I was like, do you guys think Indy's weird? And Tripp goes, no, she's beautiful. (laughs) And, And Tanner goes, but I'm a little bit weird. And then he goes, no, you're not. But So I, I think it's just, I'm just glad this conversation is happening in our house about, well, what does it mean to be weird? And like, maybe it's okay to be a little bit, quote unquote, weird. And maybe what weird is, is that you're comfortable with who you are. And if who you are is weird to people, well, then, then be weird. Like, so anyways, I don't know that there's a whole lot of like principles or takeaways for me around this other than I think it just drives home uh, something we've talked about a lot which is can we really create a culture in our homes where people everyone every member of the family feels comfortable talking and sharing especially when there's hard things that are happening and i think the other point that it reminds me of is like how we want to raise children who know who they are and who love who they are and believe in who they are and i think this conversation has everything to do with that as well yeah i guess the last thing i would say is that i was part of this leadership I'd call it like a leadership development program. And I was, I was part of it for over a year and it was one of the most intense things that I'd ever done. And the most, the biggest takeaway that I 
I mean, I walked away with lots of tools and amazing lessons and principles, but the biggest takeaway for me was this idea that how you see yourself is your identity. Like mm-hmm. your identity isn't how other people see you. Your identity isn't the things you have, the home you live in, the job you have, the career. Your identity is how you see yourself. And the more that we can, I would say, fight for ourselves, like fight to see ourselves in a empowering, positive, powerful way, because life's going to give you lots of reasons not to. Like last night, like the world gave Indy an opportunity to see herself as weird and that be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the battle we're all in, which is, can I overcome what the world says I am? Can I overcome thinking that my identity is tied to something external or what other people think of me? Or can I really come to the the realization that, no, my identity is just how I see myself. That is my identity. And nothing else matters. Like It reminds me of something I've been, I can't remember where I, that I've been focusing on this year. And I can't remember where I read, I read this, but it was around the beginning of the year when I was, um, we, one of my favorite things is we like to put together vision boards for the year and the vision boards usually have, it's kind of like a mixture of goals and dreams. So we kind of go onto a board and we each have our own boards, but I like to put some thought and research into it beforehand. And I remember I came across this article and I haven't been able to find it since, but it just talks about the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and how they called them green light stories. But they, was it green lights from Matthew McConaughey? See, I don't think it was. Oh, okay. But that was, I did enjoy that book though. Um, but I was just saying, well, we'll play these stories in our heads. And some of them are stories that like don't, that don't serve us or that maybe aren't true and how those aren't the stories that we want to keep replaying. Like the ones we want to keep replaying are like, so it's basically like if you, st- if you're telling yourself that story, like stop. And then the stories that are the green light stories, like, yes, those are the stories to replay to yourself. So stories about, you know, all the things that you do love about yourself. So the, or the things that are true, that those are the the green light stories they call them. So I actually have that on my vision board this year. I have these little, a little reminder to me of like telling the green light stories. It's awesome. I, I did think of one takeaway just now that I, I want to share. And we see, it seems in our house that the more we reinforce to our kids that they really can talk to us about anything, the more they do. And I don't know if it's because they feel more comfortable because we're telling them often, or that even they just, it's just a reminder that they can, they're like, Hey, Oh yeah, I should share this with my mom and dad. So maybe one of the things you could take away is, is just, you know, tell reinforce to your kids, like, Hey, you guys can come talk to me. And if, if whether it's hard, you know, it doesn't matter. Like you can come talk to me. I think one of the biggest fears though that kids have is that if they do come talk to their parents, that their parents are going to give them a, like a huge, like a, a, like a ton of advice or have this long talk or, if someone is bullying them, they're, you know, they might be worried that their parents are, are going to go beat up the kid's parent. And or I think it might make it worse. Yeah. yeah. And I think what really, when kids talk to us about hard things, our experience has been, they just want you to listen. They don't want a ton of advice. They don't want you to talk a lot. And that doesn't mean you can't offer some advice, but. And absolutely. There's a time where you need to step in. Yeah. But I think if your kids know that they can come talk to you and that you're just going to hold space for them to talk, I think they'll, they'll do it more often. I think maybe um, the last thing I'd say is, okay, what 
I'm trying to remember like, okay, what are the questions that we did ask in the issue when you're talking about listening? I think some of listening is asking questions. So how may I remember like, what, what are some of the things that we asked her yesterday? Like, I know we asked her like, well, how did it, how did it feel? Yeah, that was the first one. But that, and I had to really catch myself because that was not what I was going to say or ask. But I was just like, yeah, how did that feel? Like, what was that like for you? And I think those are important questions. And we have a couple of kids that that's easy for them always to talk about their feelings. And a couple of our kids, it's really hard. And you have to ask, sometimes we have to ask 10 to 15 times different ways before they'll actually start talking about how they feel. But I think it's important for them to recognize how they feel or sometimes they know, but it's just hard to say it. So we asked how it felt, like, how did it feel? What was that like for you? We asked her to type, well, what do you think about yourself? Like in response to, he said, I'm weird. It's like, well, what do you think? Do you think you're weird? Yeah. Or what do you think about yourself? You, and then you asked, does that, when he said that to you, did that feel good? Mm-hmm. And then tied in the, you know, if it doesn't feel good, it isn't true. And then I think in addition to the asking, I think when your child does is like really acknowledge them because that'll give them, I think more courage to, to do it again. And that you did that. That was awesome. Is there anything else? No. And I think it's like in, in, in the end, I, I'm not mad that it happened Indy. I'm not, I don't think it, I don't look at it as good or bad, right or wrong. I just look at it like, yeah, that's part of life. And we have this opportunity as, as parents to help our children navigate these things. And, and at the end of it, come out reinforcing their own beliefs about themselves that really builds their identity in a powerful way. Another thing I'd bring back around that you said earlier is that I do like that. Like I've, I do like that you infuse like some humor into it too. Like last night. Yeah. It was a joke. Like we're going to go, <laughs> I'm not saying this is the best approach, but this is what the conversation looked like is some people were like, let's go beat him up. And other kids were like, let's go tell him that, you know, whatever. But I think it didn't feel like, like we all were a team like rallying around Indy. And I think she felt that support and that love, but it was in like a fun way. It wasn't like heavy and like somber. And then, like you said, you revisiting it today. I think when it's heavy and somber, it's hard, like sometimes maybe to bring it up again, like, Ooh, this is hard, but I think it would be easier for her to bring it up next time. Cause it's like, okay, yeah, we're still in this conversation around it. Now I know that I can bring this up and it's not going to be a big this big thing like it's easy it's easier to talk to my family about this than I thought I did than I thought it would be and I feel good after having had this conversation totally and I think look it's necessary that kids struggle it's necessary that we all struggle it's necessary that I think sometimes we take something like a a little boy and look we have no context the little boy could have thought it was like funny and like he was you know playing he could have been like yeah thought she was cute and been like kind of teasing her and that. Yeah, it's like so but I think as parents we oftentimes are so good at taking a small thing and turning it into a massive thing and making like you said and and making it so serious and so big and on and on and on to where the, our child's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm never talking to my parents about anything like this ever again." And, and so I just yeah, it's like and I think it, you want to help your children build this belief that like, oh, yeah, I can overcome anything. No matter what someone says to me, it might be hard to hear and it might rattle me for a bit, but like I can, I know who I am. 
And that was my biggest thing. I loved when Indy was like, yeah, if that boy tells me I'm weird again. I'm going to tell him that my family likes me and I'm beautiful. I'm like, <laughs> done. We, we solved it. Like <laughs> you solved it, Indy. So I guess that's, I'll leave you here this week. Like what are the, what are the stories that we're telling ourselves? What are the stories our kids are believing about themselves and how can we continue to reinforce for ourselves and for our children, like the truths about how amazing they are and each one of us are. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.